Time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Now, Vaughn, that's your favorite Christmas tune, is it not? Uh, yeah, far and away. Even though some places, like I think in the UK, you can't play it on the radio uh, anymore. But uh, yeah, far and away. Also, one of the great videos, uh, the uh, hmm. uh, Shane McGowan and uh, Christy McCall. Uh, no, it's it's just a, a work of art as far as I'm concerned. See, and you are the reason why I even know what that is. Because when you told me that was your favorite song, I did a little digging, and now I listen to it, and now I understand why you love that song so much, yeah. right? And, and I'm going to give you a report from the field here, uh, Simi, because as you know, I've over the years made fun of Victoria on the issue of snow removal. So I'm looking out my, my front, we, 32 centimeters of snow measured here. Uh, I'm looking out my front... Uh, window yesterday afternoon and we're living on a side street and this huge sort of dump truck like thing drives down our street and it's got this big metal thing on the front (laughs) it's a plow what (laughs) a plow they plowed our street yesterday on victoria and i'm like on a side street and i'm going i can remember when victoria didn't have a plow they had to borrow a plow from duncan if they could get it up over the malahat and down here we had a plow, you know, so what's everybody whining about? <laughs> they plowed my street. You know how it works, eh? Yeah. They plowed my street. What the hell have you got to complain about? Right? That is so true. How are the sidewalks? Like, would you say Vic, they've done a good job in Victoria overall with the snow removal? I would say removal? it is uneven, but I want you to know that our sidewalk uh, was scraped. Uh, Do they know you live there, Vaughn? Like, if I, if I were the mayor <laughs> we, of Victoria... We did it. Well, let, like... let me be completely honest about this. The first day, Dale and I did the sidewalks together. Yesterday, she went out and did them solo. And yes, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I did not join in the sidewalk scraping yesterday. But uh, we're going to have to shovel out the driveway today because uh, our daughter and uh, grandson and family are all arriving and uh, we want get them to, to be able to get into our driveway. So I, I'm going to be out today. It's, um, it's an art form at my house. My husband's from Newfoundland, where, of yeah. course, they have a very intimate knowledge of snow yep. and how to remove it and grew up shoveling it. And so it has to be done to an almost military precision at my oh, house. Yeah. I grew up in eastern Quebec, but I've suppressed all memories of uh, what it was like when it started snowing. And I don't know, just after Labor Day and the last blizzard arrived as the schools closed in June. So. <laughs> you don't remember any of that. No, no. Suppressed it all. <laughs> well, let's talk about some politics this morning, too, because despite the snow, those issues also go on. Premier David Eby, I still have to remember to say that, Premier David Eby, yeah. uh, walking back a potentially a couple of promises? Yeah, I mean, he's so new at the job, it's a little early, one thinks, to be reversing direction on some of the promises you made, but... Here he is. So David Eby in his year-end interview with our friend Rob Shaw, check, uh, backs, walks back two promises. So the first one he walks back is involuntary treatment of overdose victims. So during the leadership, Eby said that he thought when people go into the emergency with overdose, they shouldn't just be discharged to go out and get overdosed again. They should be treated uh, voluntarily or involuntarily. It was a pretty firm promise. He said it several times. So that one went into the books as an official promise. And the other thing he said was he talked quite a bit about replacing, uh, about creating a new state-of-the-art, uh, state-of-the-art mental center in the province. But he specifically said 
Riverview. Now, he said, look, we're not talking about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It would be modern, state-of-the-art, but he said Riverview several times. So, he tells Shaw that, um, well, you know, um, that uh, that business about involuntary treatment, uh, I'm no expert, and... Uh, I'm not sure we're going to do that, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to consult the experts on what we should do on that. And on Riverview, he said, and it's kind of amusing, actually. He said, when I said Riverview, uh, people thought I meant Riverview. <laughs> Why <laughs> would they get Why that idea, that? I ask you? So, you know, I, I mean, the, the guy is saying that he proposed involuntary detention of overdose victims without knowing what the hell he was talking about, basically. And he says he gave people the wrong impression when he started off talking about Riverview that the government was going to actually build a one state-of-the-art detention center, not detention center, care center for uh, people uh, with mental health problems. So those are two pretty big back-downs. And, you know, he promised 100 days of action. Well, we're only about a third of the way through those, and he's already reversing direction. Hmm, okay, but what is the timeline like for some of these things that he's talked about? Well, he says, you know, we got a new minister of mental health and addictions, and he's gonna, she's going to consult the experts, and we're going to do what they recommend, and we're going to proceed. So, you know, I mean, part of the problem is that this arises from British Columbia headed in the wrong direction on dealing with mental health and addictions. The overdose death count is on the rise still. And when you asked EB, what are you going to do about it? He pointed to some of these solutions. You know, we're going to have to get the mentally ill off the streets. We're going to have to get them into proper care facilities, not just more beds. He talked specifically about a proper mental health care center with all the resources necessary so he's the one who created this idea, and it happens to be something the opposition has proposed as well. So we started to think, Simi, that maybe this is something that's actually going to happen because both parties agree to it. Whether it goes on the site of Riverview, well, a lot of people think that might be a good place to put it since the site is still there and some of the buildings are still there. Right, but uh, that whole involuntary detention thing, <laughs> it's interesting because like he really stuck with that one for oh, a long did. time. He got criticized immediately by his former allies in the BC Civil Liberties Association and by advocates on dealing with addictions and overdose, saying that that won't work. It doesn't work. It's been tried elsewhere. It doesn't work. E.B. stuck to it. You know, he said, look, I'm not going to apologize for having the view that if somebody goes into the ER is overdosing, and is treated that the doctors should have the option of not releasing them because they leave and they overdose again. So he was quite clear about it. It wasn't just a throwaway line any more than the Riverview thing was a throwaway line. I I find this like this is approaching bait and switch. This is remember John Horgan he had a le- piece of legislation before the House in 2020 that was going to allow the government to detain young overdose victims yes, I remember this. for a week. And Bill 22, the, the Greens, a whole bunch of people opposed it, all kinds of advocates, children's advocates, civil liberties, coroner, and the Greens refused to vote for it, and Horgan had to shelve the bill. 
When he called the snap election, Horgan said one of the reasons he was doing it was because the Greens didn't support that bill. Well, he won a majority. The bill never came back. The idea of involuntarily detaining young overdose victims did not come back because the New Democrats had to admit it was unworkable. So we're going through this whole cycle again uh, when it suits them politically. The New Democrats float this idea out there. But when they actually have to face up and do it, um, they go, well, you know, maybe we can't do that. Right. I'm no expert. Well, I don't know. When a guy's running for the leadership of his party, David Eby, and it's one of the first promises he makes, because it was, and he repeats it in the face of criticism, and he did, he then to turn around and casually admit, you know, just a few weeks into his term as premier, hey, folks, I didn't know what I was talking about then. You know, we can't do that. I mean, I think this is a really unflattering move by Eby, and he's done it twice. Yeah, and I guess the reason why I think that is because you're, what you pointed out there about this being, it angered kind of the people that he used to work with at the BC Civil Liberties Association, but then people who were concerned that he would be too kind of, yeah. you know, into those issues yeah. thought, oh, okay, maybe he's not like he used to be with the Civil Liberties Association. Like it kind of distanced him from that. Yeah, they are. And and the other thing to point out, Simi, is that both of those ideas, I think, resonated favorably with the public. I think so too. You know, the idea that we have, we don't just keep returning the mentally ill to the streets and providing them with supports if they choose to go see them, that we should be reestablishing some sort of care facility for the worst cases, for the people that need to be protected from themselves and need to be the public needs to be protected from them. So I think when E.B. floated that idea, he I took it, as you did, as a sign, well, you know, he's not entirely captured by the, the, the right. experts and the lobbyists on this issue. He's actually open to something that the public might see as a solution. And the same with involuntary detention. I mean, when he defended it, when he said, I have no apologies for that position, it made sense. You know, imagine, he asked us to imagine, the doctor in the ER treating an overdose victim and going, now I have to release this person back out to go and overdose again. I mean, it's pretty discouraging for the people in the ER. So in both cases, I think he, I don't think he was pandering to the public. I think he was acknowledging that there's a public mood out there that says what we're doing now isn't working. So we better try some new stuff. I would agree. Avon, thank you so much. Bye-bye, Simi.